Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God would never, ever ask us to do something in life if we couldn't do it with his help. Impossible, because that means he would be an unfair God. So when God commands me to do something, that commandment includes his enablement. I can't do it by myself, but I can do it with him. What if I don't forgive? Here we go. If I don't forgive, then unforgiveness in my life, it carries a high penalty for me. One of the hard things about being a Christ follower is grasping the concept of faith versus our feelings and fears. It's tough to jump off that cliff and simply trust God to keep us safe. Our sense of self-preservation many times prevents us from reaching God's best for us. Pastor Mark, in teaching about our need to forgive, is showing us that the thing we can't comprehend, God's redeeming power, is what awaits us if we're willing to trust God. As we learn to trust God more in the difficult areas of our lives, like healing hurts and extending forgiveness, we'll find more freedom than we've ever known. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 39 with part three of his message, Real Forgiveness. We learn to forgive others because God has forgiven us. Often in an adultery situation when I'm counseling, where there's incredible rejection and hurt, one of the individuals in the session, whether it's the guy or the gal who made the adultery, the the quote, innocent party will say to me, do I have to forgive them? Out of hurt. My response is, let's turn to this verse. Because, see, it's not me as a counselor that's telling them. But this verse says we have to learn to forgive others because what? God has forgiven me. And how did God forgive me? Well, it was undeserved. It was unmerited. Did your salvation, was it free to you? It was a free gift, wasn't it? But it wasn't free to God. His son went to the cross. But see, the price has been paid. So understand this morning, my response, I have to forgive. Well, why? Simply this. God commands us to forgive. It's a commandment of God. God simply says, you're forgiven. Now imitate me in the hurts of life. Mark eleven twenty five, And when you stand praying... If you hold anything against anyone, boy, that's pretty broad. I'd like to put in there, except 
But notice what it says. If you hold anything against anyone, what should I do? It's pretty complicated. There's 22 points here. Now get ready. Now what is the one point? Forgive him. See, it's not complicated. Is it hard? You betcha. Depending on the circumstance, sometimes it's very, very hard. And forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive, uh-oh, you your sins. That means if I don't forgive, uh-oh, something's going to happen to me. Not just to them. Notice, God says, you forgive. It's a commandment. Here's a principle you want to write. It's so true. Anything God commands me to do, he enables me to do it. You can say this morning, Pastor Mike, impossible to forgive that person. I I want to. I know it's the right thing to do. You just told me. I understand the scriptures. I want to do it, but I can't do it. No, that's incorrect. No more excuses this morning. No more excuses. Notice, we are able to forgive because God gives us the power to forgive. That's why you must be a Christian first to get his power in your life. God would never, ever ask us to do something in life if we couldn't do it with his help. Impossible. Because that means he would be an unfair God. So when God commands me to do something, that commandment includes his enablement. I can't do it by myself, but I can do it with him. What if I don't forgive? Here we go. If I don't forgive, then unforgiveness in my life, it carries a high penalty for me. You would think it's a penalty on the other person, but it's actually on me. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Ephesians 4, 31 Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Listen to me very closely. Unforgiveness plants a seed in my life. From that seed, going down the other way is a root of bitterness. And that's why many people you meet are filled with rage and anger. They don't enjoy life. They're always angry at everything. Why? Most anger is simply the result of one thing, unforgiveness in a person's life. So what do we do? We lash out. The root thing that I have to get rid of is that root of bitterness because the root of bitterness goes right along with a hard heart. And I'll try to cover it up. I'll try to fake it. I'll try to say there's nothing wrong with me. When I'm around a person for very long, if they're critical, if they're negative, if they're always complaining, if everything is always wrong, if something like that just knocks them off, I already know there's problems. I know where it comes from because there's unforgiveness somewhere. Now, specifically, if I don't forgive, if I refuse to forgive, because forgiveness is an act of the will, what happens? Well, you're already seen. God holds forgiveness from me. Second, God won't hear my prayers. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God won't hear me. So a person that is not going to forgive somebody else, God isn't hearing their prayer. Number three, all of a sudden resentment becomes a big part of my life. I discovered this week that resentment means 
to feel again. The very thing in business where somebody cheated me. I should have got this. I had a car accident. It wasn't my fault. The other person was at fault, but somebody, a friend of theirs, lied about it. I got sued. I lost my money. People were hurting it. I'm forever damaged. I won't forgive them. You won't. Resentment comes. And you know what? Resentment means you live it again and again and again. The other thing that takes place in my life, obviously, is that bitterness and rage and anger and that resentment. It rules my life. I have on stage this morning a cage, a little prison. And I hope as a result of this illustration, this will burn an indelible picture in your mind. Let's say Jim or Judy's hurt me. Boss, situation, rape, abuse at home, whatever the situation, divorce, you name it. Whatever the hurts are, taken advantage of, lied about. I think when I don't forgive them, that I got them right where I want them. Jim and Judy are right in here. That church that hurt me, they're there. And I put them in their place. And I'm free to live my life. And I'm never going to forgive them. And I'm having a great time. And all of a sudden, God's word begins to speak to me. Some of you this morning, you can name the people you think you have in there because you haven't forgiven them. Now, remember, forgiveness doesn't mean you agree with what they did. You're going to join them in that. It just means that you have to forgive. You have to release them. So you have them in there this morning. and You think you're enjoying life. But here's the real truth. When I don't forgive, look at the definition. Write it down this morning. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Some of you have been living in your own prison. Well, Pastor Mark, it isn't fair what my dad did to me and my mother and the abortion. Here you are. Now, in this... You can't serve God. This is your world. And it's filled with bitterness and rage and anger. And you're useless to God in here. And Satan goes, yeah. Do you know how many Christians outside of this building, I don't even know if they're Christians today, who were hurt in a church. You're going to get hurt in a church. Get rid of it. Do you know how many people are useless for God today? This is their world. Now, some of you become so used to it. You think it's normal. This is not normal. You think you've hurt somebody else. The only person that's in prison is you this morning. This is your world. It feeds on you. Parent, listen closely. If this is you and you have children, you're infusing into your kids bitterness 24-7. You're telling them that's what life isn't fair. God isn't good. Don't ever trust yourself to somebody. Don't ever open up your heart to somebody because you open up your heart, you're going to get hurt. You are. Get over it. I can't get over it. Wrong. It's a lie. This morning, I'm going to give you some principles. And when we finish this teaching, we're coming out free in Jesus Christ. Now, let me warn you, right now, some of you are saying, no way I'm admitting I'm in there. You don't admit it, you'll never be free. 
I'm not admitting. You don't need to admit anybody but God. Later we'll know because your whole life's going to change. Ever been in there? Some of you like being in there because people like to look at you and pity you. You like self-pity. Get rid of the self-pity this morning. And we're going to see from the scripture. It's powerful what's going to happen. Charles Spurgeon said, a man who cannot forgive is a poor fellow indeed, for he punishes himself for the sins of others. I'm going to ask you to forgive me one thing this morning. I'm going to go over at least five minutes. Do I have to go back in there? All right. Genesis 39. I'll paraphrase it to get us through quickly. Joseph is in great conditions. Awesome things are happening. Look at verse 3. When his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. You see, when I'm freed, I'm useful to God. Joseph was able to share his faith because he didn't hold resentment against his brothers. All of a sudden, in these next four or five passages, verses, you'll see that Joseph raises to the top. Potiphar trusts him. He gives him the rule of the whole place. It's awesome. God's blessed him. He's successful. He's forgiven his brothers. He isn't looking for revenge. Now look at the end of verse 6. Joseph today, we'd call a, he's like a Hulk. He's a good looker. He's using his ab machine. He's 17. He's really a good looking young guy. 17, the testosterone level is about that high. Verse 7, after a while, his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. As I was studying that this week, I shouted to my wife in the other room, honey, I found the, this is the first desperate housewife in the Bible. (laughs) Right there she is. Now what's Joseph going to do? What's he going to do? She's there, a Victoria outfit. She's gorgeous. She's the ruler's wife. She invites him to her bed. Look at the next verse. But he refused. With me in charge, he said, my master does not concern myself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Why? Because you're his wife. Verse 9, how then could I do such a wicked thing, circle this in your Bible, and sin against God? See, sin isn't really against another person. It's always about God. The next few verses tell us that she came back to him over and over and over and over again. He continued to refuse. Life isn't a playground. He's in a battle. All of a sudden, one day, the servants are out of the house. She comes in again. Verse 12 says, she caught him by the cloak. They were alone. And she says to Joseph, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Now, what's happened here? You see, early on, Satan knew that Joseph was going to be used by God. Because out of Joseph comes the line of David, and comes the Messiah. So initially, Satan tried to get Joseph to be angry and and not forgive his brothers and, and not be useful to the kingdom, but that didn't work. Joseph forgave. Well, does Satan give up? No. 
So now he's going to try to compromise Joseph's life through sexual sin. He never gives up, but God's greater. Now, the next few verses tell us the story. Joseph leaves. He's in his underwear. He leaves his coat. Potiphar's wife, well, she goes to her husband. And she says, you know this, you know, you know this, this Israel slave that you brought on the house? You put him way up here. Ever since he's been here, he's had his eyes. I mean, he tried to rape me over and again. I, I just kept refusing. And look at here. Finally, I had to, had to run from him. And I have his coat. Ever been lied about? How do you feel when you're lied about? If somebody at work has lied about you, it's not true. The farthest thing from it. But because of this lie, Potiphar puts Joseph in prison. Now, you're Joseph. What's going on in your heart? Any chance for a little unforgiveness to arise? Are you kidding? I can see Joseph saying, God, I'm angry with you. It's too much for me to endure. I'll never trust anyone again. What in the world are you now? Could you allow this to happen to me? The very thing I was trying to do that was right. uh, The very thing I refused her. I get accused of it. God, what's wrong with you? Anybody here mad at God this morning? Joseph's going to have to learn to forgive again. You remember earlier I told you we have to learn the practice of forgiving? Yep. Take a look at verse 21. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anyone under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. How'd that happen? Right there again, Joseph, listen, listen. Now he's in a real prison. He had... To choose to forgive and do the right thing. It was a choice. He had to choose it. God was there to help him forgive the latest hurt. After Joseph forgives, then God blesses again. Do you get it right? After Joseph forgives Then God blesses. You should expect God to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants his face to shine upon you. He wants to give you favor and forgiveness and success in his life. Does that mean there won't be problems and trials and false accusations? No, that's all part of it. We grow all through that. Here's a principle you want to write down this morning. Please write it down. Somehow... God enabled Joseph to forgive. Somehow God enabled Joseph to forgive and forget and believe. He had to believe that God could bless him right where he was. In prison. He rises to the top again. Do You know, this morning, God wants to do the very same thing in your life. If you'll forgive and believe and get on with your life this morning, he wants to bring favor and blessing in your life. Watch me right where you are. 
in the middle of whatever circumstance, disastrous circumstance, if you'll forget and forgive and let him bless you and believe that he will, he will. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, forgiveness is not only a practice, it's a choice. Forgiveness is a choice, an act of faith, an act of our will. Joseph didn't get blessed until he forgave. He didn't know exactly how it was going to come, but he forgave and then got blessed. In this room this morning, I have to just trust God to work out the details. Why? Philippians tells me, through him, I can do everything. Because God's going to give me strength. Two things are going to happen. In a moment, at the end of our service, we have one of our elders right over here. He's standing right here. It's Harper. Some of you have never come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you die today, you know you're guilty. You wouldn't go to heaven because you've never personally asked Jesus Christ into your life. It's not about church. It's not about water baptism. It's not about taking communion. It's about you at one point in your life doing this. Dear God, I've sinned. My sins separate you from me. I'm sorry. I ask forgiveness from you, God. I know I've hurt you. Now come into my life. Change it. And help me to walk and follow you. If you've never done that in your life, you have to. That's what it means to be a Christian. It isn't associated with any church. Some of you have never done that. You can't get on with your life until you take step one. That's step one. It's not about joining this church. God will change your life. We've had people in every service just go, I'm ready to be a Christian. I'm tired of this ridiculous life trying to do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. You say, well, I got to get all the hurts in my life straight. No, you get that straight first, then the rest comes. Second, all the rest of us in this room this morning are going to pray a prayer. Some of you have some things this morning. You've been in here. And there's people, circumstances that have hurt you. And you've been unforgiving to those people you think that are in there, but it's you. And by praying this prayer in faith, God's going to free you this morning. So we're all going to pray it in a moment out loud. When you get to the blank spots, you just do that underneath your breath. If you know an individual this morning and you haven't forgiven them, Here's a question I get very often. Pastor Mark, what if they're already deceased and gone? That's fine, because you're asking God, really. See, you know, we don't talk to the dead. It may have been your dad or mom or somebody that caused that accident or whatever, and they got killed too, and you've just held resentment against them. No, you say, God, I release them, even though they're already gone. It doesn't matter. You've done what you needed to do. Now, some of you will have to take this home and work on it during the week. It's a choice. But if you'll do it, I don't understand How in the next three minutes, God can take a lifetime of hurt and forgive it and free you. But he does. That's because he's God. Pastor Mark taught us through the story of Joseph that God can give us the ability to forgive even horrible things done to us. We learned that forgiveness is a decision that we get to make or not. It's important for us to remember that Satan, who only wants to destroy us, also wants us to relive our pain over and over so that we aren't as effective for God as we could be. 
The teachings you've been hearing here on Lessons for Living Radio are part of Pastor Mark's series called Prison Break. His accompanying book of the same title is available for purchase online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com along with other books and study materials. If you have any questions about today's message or would like to share a prayer request, we invite you to give us a call at 866-779-3441. Again, that's 866-779-3441. This completes the teaching, Real Forgiveness. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin teaching on the need to learn how to forget the hurts done to us using the life of Joseph, who certainly saw many hurts and wrongs done to him. We will be instructed on how to forgive and eventually forget the wrongs done to us. We will find out the release from pain that awaits us if we're able to achieve the forgetting. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.